Welcome to Sportsbeat KC, the Kansas City Star's daily sports podcast. It's Friday, December 30th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. The biggest game in Kansas State football history? A case could be made that it's happening on Saturday in New Orleans when the Wildcats take on Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. It's not a college football playoff game, but it's the best matchup outside the playoffs. Kansas State is the Big 12 champion. Alabama is, well, Alabama. Beat writer Kellis Robinette breaks down the game and shares the biggest storylines of the contest that will begin at 11 a.m. on Saturday. The game's on ESPN. Okay, let's get started talking K-State Alabama in the Sugar Bowl. Kellis, we're one day away from a huge Kansas State football game, but is it the biggest Kansas State football game in history? I know you asked that question to um, – you know, on your Q and A uh, earlier this week, or was it late last week? I can't remember. But what what were the responses? What is is the Sugar Bowl game against Alabama on Saturday at eleven a.m. the the biggest game that, in Kansas State football history? Well, I think you can make an argument for it. Um, nobody really shot me down by suggesting that it would be. Somebody even replied and said he thought it was the not only the biggest game in Kansas State history, the biggest sporting event in Kansas State history, period, which I don't know if I'd go that far. It's a team that's played in the national championship for basketball. It's really no. I mean, there's bragging rights and everything in this game, a trophy, but there's no real huge stakes. The, the loser's not going to go home weeping about it. So I don't know that I'd go quite that far. And the more I think about it, maybe I'd say, you know, like the Big 12 championship game in 98, I think that maybe was a little bigger, again, because of the stakes. But when you look at it from a distance, it's hard to say this isn't. It's it's the Sugar Bowl, one of the most historic bowl games in, in all the land. Kansas State's never played in it before. They haven't played in a major bowl game in, in a decade. Uh, and the opponent is one that they've never played before either. And it's the opponent you want to play in college football, Alabama. I mean, you beat you beat Bama, you put it on a shirt, you wear that thing forever, and you don't get that in a, in a lot of bowl games. So it, I don't know if it's the biggest game ever, but it, it's up there, top five for sure. Yeah, you might not even wear that shirt. You might frame it and hang it in the uh, <laughs> you know, in, in the man cave or something. Yeah, or just get a tattoo. Instead of a winning shirt, you go right across the street and tattoo it on your body. There you go. Sugar Bowl chance. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Um, it is, uh, like I said, 11 a.m. on, on Saturday. My, my, my quick thought on this is Kansas State has played in some huge games in, in its uh, history, you know, the Bill Snyder era forward, but they never had a month to think about it, right? It was always a, a week in advance for a game or, uh, or a, a big regular season game developed over the course of the season. This has been an opportunity for Kansas State fans to think and dream and hope and and everything. Hey, so uh, you know it's been a crazy week for for people trying to move around the country, and so many people are trying to get from have been trying to get from this part of the country to where you are right now in New Orleans. Have you heard about any um, any kind of horror stories of, of people who had their Southwest airline uh, game plan their uh, travel plans disrupted or? Uh, has that become a thing this week? Um, yeah, a few. Fortunately, you know, the people who were trying to get out here super early were us media types who aren't all that important. <laughs> so um, it was a, it was an inconvenience for me. I tried to fly out of Kansas City on, on a Southwest flight on the 26th and uh, failed miserably. Um, 
got had three three flights canceled on me without even leaving the house. So um, if there was a, a, a silver lining to it, yeah, I never even had to leave home and just rebooked out of Manhattan. So that was it was pretty painless actually. So no real big horror story for me. But yes, yeah, so I've heard of some people who yeah were trying to come come down on the twenty eighth. And there's just nothing, you know, nothing available because every, every Southwest canceled everything. But I, I think most fans have gotten crafty. You know, if they're flying out of Kansas, Kansas City, now they're flying out of Wichita. They're flying Southwest. Now they're flying American. Um, uh, Delta, I think, before this game uh, came through clutch and added some direct flights from Wichita to New Orleans specifically for this game. So, I mean, Kansas State fans, they know how to get to bowl games and, you know, if, if, it, if push comes to shove, they're just getting in their car and driving down here. So it doesn't seem I'm sure there are horror stories. I'm sure there are people who, you know, had to say, shoot, I can't go. But it does not look like it here. I was down on Bourbon Street last night and there was a lot more purple than crimson out and about. So they've they've made the trip. They're going to show up. Yeah, I, I have no doubt about that. I And I haven't seen on social media anybody offering their Sugar Bowl tickets you know, to somebody who can be there, people who, who got them are going to use them. Uh, and that is just the Kansas State way, no doubt about it. Okay, let's let's talk about some of the issues that uh, and stories that you've written about this week. I, I, some really good stuff. Um, I, I really enjoyed uh, the, the, the story about Ben Sanat. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right, you know, um, but the tight end who not only has had a terrific season for the Wildcats, but he's helped lift everyone's game. I like that thought um, that, that you wrote about. How did, how did a guy with 28 receptions for about 400 yards and four touchdowns help the entire offense? Well, <laughs> for starters, he came pretty much out of nowhere. Um, a walk-on from Iowa, grew up in the same small town as Chris Kleiman. It's really the only reason that he recruited him. I say only reason. He's a good football player, too. But uh, he was committed to South Dakota. That's where he was going to go play. Chris Kleiman said, nah, if there's a decent football player from my hometown, he's going to be playing for me at Kansas State. <laughs> Convinced him to walk on here. And, um, you know, he went from like a skinny, you know, skinny tall kid to now a beefy tall kid who can get out and catch passes and stuff. And I think he took everybody by surprise uh, in the Oklahoma game. Uh, pretty much Kansas State's whole offense in that game was either Adrian Martinez scrambling or he would drop back and just look across the seam and see. Ben streaking wide open for, for like a hundred receiving yards. Um, and everybody kind of wrote that off as a fluke, you know, uh, Oklahoma just didn't defend him that there's no way he'll keep doing that, but he did, you know, that a few games later, he's catching seven passes and he's catching two touchdowns. And the more and more he did it, it was just kind of funny to see as the season went on. Um, he, he went from a guy that defense has ignored to now they're keying on him. And all of a sudden when they, they Kansas state's a team that loves to run four vertical routes, a lot in passing games because it opens up some uh, things for the quarterback to run if he wants to. And, you know, you either have to choose, do you, do you defend the crossing guy who a lot of times it's the tight end, or do you put your attention on the receivers going downfield? Well, now when they run that play, you got all this attention on, on the tight end, the safety's coming down to stop him instead of Malik Knowles or Phillip Brooks who are going downfield. And I think that's a big reason why those guys have had such uh such great seasons as receivers. And I think it's opened a lot of things for Deuce Vaughn too, because right at about the time when Ben, when Ben started playing his best football is also the same time when Deuce Vaughn started catching passes left and right. And it's really hard in an offense when you have to account for the receivers, the QB run game, 
the tight end and, you know, wheel routes and stuff with the running back coming out of the backfield. And I, I think that's why he's made such a big difference to the offense because now in the past when teams would say, all right, we got to stop Deuce Vaughn. Now you're saying now we got to stop the tight end too. You can't, you can't stop everything. And Kansas State's done a very good job of finding the open man whenever they, uh, they do deploy him as a receiver. I know this is a, a, a local perspective, but I always think that when teams discover tight ends, there's a Chiefs influence on that because of just how effective the Chiefs have used Travis Kelsey and before him, you know, Tony Gonzalez over the years. You know, they they really weaponized that position. And um, and look, the Chiefs aren't the only ones to have ever done it, but uh, but whenever I see teams go to it and, it and it opens things up the way it has for the Wildcats. I always think of what the Chiefs have done with that. And nobody in football has done it better than the Chiefs over the last few years. Another, another good story uh, that I really opened my eyes was the idea of this really good Kansas State offensive line maybe back intact for next season. Um, the there are uh, there, there's a, at least one NFL prospect on this offensive line, maybe multiple, but they all have decisions to make. And there is a thought that if you know uh, they may they may work in tandem on this, which would be an incredible uh, recruiting first recruiting job uh, victory uh, for next year. Well, it would be the first, but a major recruiting victory if this offensive line came back intact. Yeah, I mean, Kansas State, think about this over the years when they've been their their best, um, other than this season, it's usually been because they have an experienced offensive line. And they've had seasons before when they've returned all five starters. Um, they did it under Bill Snyder a few times, and those were some really good seasons for the Cats. And I think that they could do it again that next season. is kind of scary because uh, the offensive line uh, played really well this season. Um, they've got the Big 12 Offensive Lineman of the Year and Cooper Beebe at left guard, who's just great. Um, I think based on kind of body language and the way he's answered questions this week, I do think he's coming back next season. Um, you wow. know, things, could always, things could always change after the bowl game, maybe impresses somebody and they say, Hey, you're going to be like a, you know, a second round pick. You got to go. But I would say right now, I think he's leaning toward coming back playing with his little brother. who's going to be on campus. And his comment yesterday was, uh, you know, if one of us decides to come back, we're all coming back. So if he comes back, I think it'll be a no-brainer for guys like Christian Duffy, Hayden Gillum, um, KT Leviston to all come back. And I, the, the thing that is co- really cool about that is um, those might not even be the best five offensive linemen on the team next year because you got Taylor Portier, who's been injured, just awful injury luck. He's one of their best linemen when he's healthy. If he comes back healthy, he could help out. And they've got a really uh, uh, a really good uh, tackle who's younger, who's coming up, Andrew Gang. They like him a lot. He's so good that they found some ways to, you know, use him as a, I guess, a tight end. There's an extra blocker at, at times this season just because they, they, they think he's that valuable. So to think not only that you have five offensive linemen coming back, but two other really good plug-and-play guys that you can insert at any time, um, it's kind of scary to think about. Um, so even if you lose a guy like Deuce Vaughn and you have to go to a new running back next season, well, it's going to be a whole lot easier if you're right behind an established offensive line. I can remember you and I talking to Taylor Portier at the Catbackers function in Kansas City. I think it was in Lenexa, actually, over this past summer. It seemed like a really good guy. And 
And the theme of that conversation was overcoming an injury. You know, he had uh, he'd only played a handful, if I remember this right, only a handful of games uh, previous year. And and then lo and behold, um, he just, just you're right, just terrible injury luck for him. What, what about a theme throughout the bowl season uh, so far has been who, who's who's playing, who's not playing, who's opting out, uh, who's in the transfer portal, who's got NFL draft uh, potential that doesn't want to play in the Sugar Bowl. You know, the 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 the, uh, the story in this game has been the Alabama players who decided to play Bryce Young and Will Anderson, especially. But. I mean, it was it was never an issue for Kansas State, was there? With anybody um, who who you know who who would who would not be playing for Kansas State that would have played in the like in the Big Twelve championship game? Yeah, I mean, you could have made a case that uh, Felix and you did DK Uzama could have sat out. You could have made a case that Deuce Vaughn could sit could sit out. You could have made a case that Cooper Beebe could sit out. Um, but Chris Kleiman actually mentioned in his final press conference earlier today, um, there was like no discussions he didn't have to ask anybody nobody had talked to him about it it was just understood like you you came to kansas state to play in games like this you were you were not opting out of the sugar bowl you know like come on <laughs> what, what are you you know what, what are you doing here if you're even asking about that um so it, it is interesting that it was you know such a you know given the kansas state players were going to play and it's like this big surprise that alabama players want to um though I, I will say felix had pretty good line yesterday somebody uh I think he got tired of being asked about the Alabama opt-ins, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah. He had some remark about like, well, I, I bet they're surprised I'm playing, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, it's an interesting way to look at things, but if you're going to be a surefire draft pick, you know, what, why play in this game? I get that argument, but at the same time, um, if you love football, you might as well go do it. Um, Nick Saban has said he's made some, Special taking some special precautions this season to make it as safe as possible for his guys to play. I don't know if that means, you know, less practice, uh, you know, like less uh, good on good practice, not no tackling, or if when they get in this game, they're not going to have Bryce Young running, um, which is an interesting strategy element of things. Um, but I, I do, I, I'm happy they're playing. It makes the game a whole lot more interesting. And I, I, I do, kind of miss the days when of you know five five ten years ago when you go into a bowl and everybody just automatically wanted to play it. yeah yep um the, the, those days are gone lost and gone forever um but hey that, that's where we are and maybe an expanded playoff will change that that you know? that to me is going to be the absolute fascinating question um because now you make far- bowls, it'll make bowls much even more <laughs> meaningless. <laughs> yeah, the playoff games will be amazing. Right, but then you're asking, you know, you're asking a college kid with pro potential to play an additional what three games? Not not just, you know, mm, you will yeah. play, you will play your you know your regular season, your conference championship game. So now you're up to thirteen games, and then possibly, you know, three more if you're if you're a top seeded team that gets to the championship, and so that's. That's a heavy load. On the other side, one of the arguments against that heavy workload was kids aren't getting you know paid to go to college. Well, now they're not only are they getting paid, <laughs> and some of these programs are getting paid pretty handsomely, and um, so that at least that factor is off the table uh, for these guys. But we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it works. Another another frontier on the horizon for for college football. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, this is Blair. There are several ways to access the Star Sports section. Let me tell you about a couple of them. There is Sports Pass. For $12.99 a month, you get unlimited digital access to all of the Star Sports content, including beat writing, columns, features, pretty much everything we write. The deal renews monthly until you tell us to cancel. For $159.99 a year, you get everything the Star has to offer digitally, including sports and the E-Edition. Go to KansasCity.com and drop down to the bottom of the page where it says start a subscription for more information. Your support has never been more important. As always, thanks for reading and listening. we got to touch on this because we we talked about it the last time uh, we talked uh, in anticipation of a big K-State game, which was the, the Big 12 title game against TCU, and that was could Kansas State use Adrian Martinez in um, you know, in the game somehow, some way. Will Howard is the unequivocal starter. We'll get the majority of snaps, but you know, Adrian Martinez is a month healthier, right, than he was going into Big Twelve. And I just have a feeling that that um, he he is going to find the field some way. Yeah, that to me is one of the most interesting aspects of this game is how how and when do they deploy Adrian Martinez? I I think they will. I think you'll see him out there in some capacity. Um, I just don't really know what it is. Uh, there are a lot of things you could do. You can use him in a wildcat package. You could use him in a short, short yardage situation at the goal line. You could give him, you know, one or two series all to himself and just kind of have a true two quarterback system. Um, I don't know. You could have him in there in trick plays. Will Howard throws to Adrian. Adrian throws back to him. K State special. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of things that they could do here that could throw Alabama off, and I, I I'm really interested to see how they do it because I, I I'm torn on how much you want to use him just because Will Howard has been so good taking him off the field doesn't seem like the best strategy in my mind but you know Adrian didn't have to come play here um, and he he won some big games for Kansas State early in the season I think the coaches probably feel like they owe it to him to to get him out there he's never played in a bowl game before. They want him to go out with a bang, so I think we'll see him in some some fashion. I just really can't tell you what it'll be. Yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd like to see him make a big play. It would just be kind of cool to um, not just get on the field, but contribute to a touchdown, just do something that will make his college career uh, that much more memorable. So, all right. Um, I think we have to – got to ask you – well, let, let, me, let me cover this first. A uh, Big Twelve in the postseason so far. Um, awesome. L L L L L and one little W. I shouldn't say little. Nice win for Texas Tech over Ole Miss, but Baylor, Kansas, Oklahoma State, Texas, and OU all going down in bowl games. When I saw the bowl lineup, I thought it would be a tough year for the Big Twelve in terms of matchups, and I think they were only favored in two games. And, of course, Kansas State not favored uh, against Alabama. The line jumped, actually, in Alabama's favor when it was determined that the uh, you know uh, that Bryce Young and, and Will Anderson would play. So 
What's what's going on with the Big 12 here? Is it just a matchup issue so far? Well, uh, well, for starters, I'll say that uh, uh, one of the sports books had an interesting bet you could make coming into bowl season. It was uh, over under win totals for each conference. I've never seen that before, but interesting. Yeah, you could you could bet over under wins for the Big 12, and the Big 12 was, number was three and a half. And my inclination was they would go under, but I didn't make the bet because I didn't want to make that bet. You know, I'm a big 12 guy. I don't want to be sitting here rooting against against the teams I watch every week. It's kind of like, kind of like when I see a, you know, the chiefs versus Houston, you know, I don't, I'm I'm pretty sure Houston can cover, you know, a 17 point spread. I'm like, like, I don't want to be betting against the chiefs here. So I just left that alone. Um, But the the thing that's hard for him is that I, I do think it's a matchup thing. I think it's a motivation thing. Like, like Baylor, Baylor just got an awful draw. They have to play Air Force, prepare for a triple option without all that much prep time. They have to do it in the cold, in one of the coldest. I think this is the coldest uh, bowl game on record in like the last 25 years. They had uh, footage of like the, the the band, people played the trombone. It was so-called like a, their instruments got frozen when they were trying to go out. Just an awful, awful game, awful matchup for them. Um Texas against Washington. I mean, Texas had Texas with Bijan Robinson wasn't even all that good this season. They go into a game without him. You can't really expect them to beat Washington. Um, so that those two right there, I think you can write off. But the other games, I think, were fair. I mean, like Kansas, Arkansas. Um, I mean, the Jayhawks had every opportunity to win that game. They just couldn't do it. Texas Tech beat Ole Miss. Um, and then we'll we'll see. You know, I, I think the the Big Twelve can still redeem themselves here because if, if Kansas State wins, especially if TCU wins, um, people aren't going to remember that that Baylor and Kansas lost these games. But it it has not been a great uh, bowl season uh, for the Big Twelve, and you know uh, Oklahoma actually put up one of the better performances, even though they lost last night. Right to Florida State, but but the Sooners' loss makes them six and seven, and they're under five hundred for the first time since what I think about 98 or something like that uh, pre Bob Stoops. So um, that that's how bad it's been. And you're absolutely right. The, the, uh, the perception of the big 12 will absolutely change if they win their next two, and especially if they win their next three, but if they win their next two, which would be Kansas state over Alabama and then TCU over Michigan, that would, that would send the Horn Frogs into the national championship game against either Georgia or Ohio state. Um, it will have been a banner year for the Big 12. So, let me let me ask you this: Do you make any grand, uh, you know, grand statements on conferences based on their bowl performances? What's when they your do, take on that? When they do well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you crow a lot when they're if they were seven and one or something. And and the Big 12 have, have had some good bowl years. Um, Last year, I think was in the pre- couple of years ago. The the the, uh, the COVID bowl year, I remember that was when Iowa State beat Oregon. I think in the Fiesta Bowl, uh, Big Twelve had a really good run. So, and it, it's it's all about the matchups. And and as we were talking about earlier, uh, the the opt outs have have a big you know play a big role in these things now. So, yeah, like but I do I you know I, I do think that you know there are three ways to measure. There are two anyway, two ways to measure a conference, and that's non-conference games in your you know in in the regular season and bowl games, and so you you know th- those count toward the perception. The, the other the other place um, is the, the NFL draft. How many players from your conference are taken, and in what rounds, that sort of thing. And 
you know, that's why the SEC can be under 500 in bowl games. But, you know, when they have twice as many players taken in the draft as the next conference, <laughs> there's no doubt that it's the it is the best conference. And even in this game, you know, Alabama is going to end up with more players drafted from this team than Kansas State will. But there are some factors, I think, that favor K-State in this game and emotional factors, a month, the month to prepare factor that, that I think helps uh, the Wildcats here, the uh, the approach to the game. I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, the, the I, I think the outcome that would surprise me most in this game is if Alabama won big. Um, I just yeah, look, Kansas State has, you know, they had the loss to Tulane, which is also in the you know playoff bowl and uh, bowl game, not playoff, but New Year's six type bowl. And, um, and, and the other losses, you know, are explainable, but Kansas state just is an excellent team. I think they'll play a good game unless they turn it over four or five times. I would probably pick Alabama to win, but I think Kansas state keeps this thing close. It's a fourth quarter game and they will be, their enthusiasm level, I think is going to be higher than Alabama's and that's what should keep the game compelling to me. How do you see it playing out? I would agree with that. Um, I, I think the the odds makers really sum this game up as, as well as anybody. Um, you know, Kansas State fans uh, come in saying, you know, this huge underdog. Nobody expects us to win. Well, that's true. They are six and a half uh, point underdogs here. Um, I think it's interesting that that is uh, by far the lowest point spread Alabama's had all season. They've been they were favored in every single game. Their favorite all the time, you know, unless they play Georgia, like at Georgia, they're they're their favorite every other time. But in, in their 12 regular season games this year, they they were favored by at least nine in all 12 of them. And even even when they were going to Tennessee, when Tennessee was undefeated, you know, it was their game of the century. Alabama was still minus nine. Kansas State here, neutral field with all those things you just said, fired up, motivational advantage. They're only six and a half point dogs here. So people are giving Kansas State a lot of respect um, in this matchup. And I, I can see it going a few ways. I, I could see Kansas State win. I think they've got a shot to win outright. Um, but I think it's more likely just because of the talent discrepancy that Alabama does find a way to win. I think it's going to be hard for Kansas State to move the ball like they do in the Big 12 against this defense. Um, and the thing I kind of keep going back to is um, the one type of team Kansas State has struggled with over the years is just teams that line up and have all these five-star guys who, you know, when push comes to shove, they're just a little bit better. They haven't beaten Texas in six tries. And I, that, to me, always just seems to be the reason why they've just got a few advantages, um, you know, on the roster that Kansas State just does it right now. So that's going to be the hard thing for them is can they uh, can they stand up to just wave after wave of Alabama talent. I think they could if they have some explosives. If Deuce Vaughn gets out and has like two or three touchdowns in this game, then yeah, they could absolutely win. I could see Alabama winning by like 14 too, though. So it's a tough one to handicap, but I'm with you. The most surprising thing would be if just Alabama comes out and rolls. I, I don't see a blowout here. Yeah, and, and that hasn't been – and even though, you know, under Saban and historically, I guess, that's, you know, a, a big Alabama victories – big Alabama victories are common – that hasn't been the case with this year's Alabama team. They've won a couple of games by large margins, but but for the most part, you know, they 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 haven't. When they played the good competition, in addition to the two losses, which by the way were coin flip games, the loss at Tennessee and the loss at LSU, um, but they didn't 
you know, against Ole Miss, that was a six-point game, and um, I'm trying to think of what their their other good victories are this year. They did beat Mississippi State pretty good, <clears throat> but um, it just yeah, seems like them, them like yeah, them away from home, especially this season, has been a mixed bag. Like they almost lost Texas. Probably should have lost to Texas. Yeah, their quarterback yeah. would have stayed healthy. The only one that came by one. Um, I guess they beat Arkansas pretty good. They somehow only beat Texas A&M by four. I don't think A&M even had their quarterback in that game. Lost at Tennessee. Um, I guess they took care of Auburn. But it's it's not it's not a vintage, you know, Nick Saban team. They're better than most teams out there, but they're not lining up and just murdering people. So that, that again, is to me why I don't – it would be surprising if they won this game by 30 or something. Okay. All right, Kellis. Um uh, appreciate you I, taking I, time on. I, I will say one more. I will say one yeah. more thing. I think. I think this this Kansas State roster is more better equipped to handle a game like this than we've seen in in the recent past. Like Bill Snyder during the end of his tenure just had an awful record in bowl games. It's very hard for him, especially when they got to this stage when it'd be a Cotton Bowl versus Arkansas or a Fiesta Bowl against our Oregon. You could just see the talent discrepancy. It's just it was just yeah. too much for them. They, you know, they had these great, great seasons where they overachieved one of these big games, but then when they got a neutral field against the power, they just couldn't couldn't stand up to them. I don't think that's the case here. I think Kansas State has enough talent to go out there and play with Alabama and possibly win. So it it, it should be a good game. And uh I'm tired of talking about it. I just want to see it at this point. <laughs> it's time to play. And hey, thankfully for you, it's, it's first game out of the box tomorrow on on Saturday, and you don't have to wait until eight o'clock or something to to, to cover this game. So um, you'll get to cover it, and then pay attention to the to the college football semifinal games that are going to be going on after. This is it's like the first of a triple header for ESPN, um, and, put, and they put it on as the as the lead in to the college football playoff games. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. All right, Kellis, that's great. And when you come back, you got a good basketball team to cover, at least basketball team off to a good start. So uh, good times at, at Kansas State, that's for sure. All right, buddy, take care. Have fun. All right, thanks, Larry. That'll do it for today, this week, and for 2022 on Sportsbeat KC. It's been another terrific year. We're three and a half years old as a daily enterprise, and we look forward to joining you again in 2023. It happens because of a terrific production staff. Randy Mason put together today's show. George Howard, Monty Davis, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen are all valued members of the production lineup. Tip of the cap to Kellis Robinette for sharing his insights on Kansas State. Find his stuff in the print editions of the Kansas City Star, the Wichita Eagle, and the Star's Morning Sports Edition. It's full of local and national sports news, features, scores, everything. It's the best digital sports page in the country. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. A sincere thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in Kansas City every day and every year.